Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Any Line, Anytime. My name is Mark Babin, and it's so great to be speaking with you again. In this episode, we are talking about travel and hospitality. More specifically, how customer service levels are a driving force for your property and how you can better elevate the guest experience by focusing on this exactly. Joining me for this discussion is Erica Solano, a longtime industry expert who has worked with some of the top hospitality brands in the world. She will be able to help us shed some light on the importance of increasing your service levels through some very interesting examples and thought-provoking discussion. So pack your bags and let's jump into this episode of Any Line, Anytime. I'll catch you on the other side. Erica, so great to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me from literally across the world. Uh, So great to have you here. It is great to see you, Mark. It's so nice to see you in your element. And it is so nice to to be able to see you well and healthy. Thank you so much to you and to Anyline, anytime for for having me with you this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Great to see you. Uh, I should warn the audience, not warn the audience, let the audience know before we jump into the topic. Erica and I actually had worked together in a previous role uh, while working in the Caribbean of all places. Uh, We crossed paths at a resort down there and uh, worked together for a couple of years. But great to connect with you again, Erica. Like I said, literally from across the world now, uh, I believe you're in Mexico City. We're in Vienna. So I think if we drew a straight line through the earth, we'd uh, be halfway. Great to connect with you and to talk hospitality again. How great. Absolutely. And how uh, how different the circumstances, right? None of us are in the Caribbean anymore, at least based there, which was definitely a great experience. And uh, and so much has changed in the hospitality industry. So thank you again for um, for inviting me and for making time to have this this conversation. Yeah, it's going to be great to connect on the topic again. I know uh, we both have an incredible passion for the industry, having worked in it, and you still uh, having worked through it through this past year. Uh, topics we'll get to through the conversation. So yeah, very much looking forward to this. Uh, and on that note, let's jump right into it. Uh, the matter at hand, service standards within the hospitality industry. Uh, I think you'll agree, and I know as well, they're a major component to the operations and the overall performance of the property. There's there's many inputs and variables that rely on service standards, right? Absolutely. And you know what? The, the measuring of service excellence in hospitality, of course, has existed for many years. This is not something that's new, right? And there are great companies out there and great individuals out there that provide consulting and services for the properties to be able to achieve these standards. I think something that we can see more in the industry, of course, is that there's a lot of of places where people can go and try to find information about a property and almost have a little bit of a rough idea of what to expect. And with that is always interesting to make sure that the travelers are well educated on where to to find um, information that that is reliable, that is measuring that particular service for that particular property in a very critical way, rather than just in a a more general way. Um, Of course, we have TripAdvisor, Expedia, Booking.com, or any of those that definitely serve the purpose for for making sure that the traveler knows um, a little bit of what to expect. 
But I think that when we're talking about service excellence standards, it is important to look at the ones that are very specific and the ones that are very critical with the experience. And of course, um, it's something great for the company, right? Because it not only once the property achieves a certain level of uh, of completing those standards, it not only gives the property um, the the sort of certification or accolade of recognition, but it also lets the property know where they stand compared to other properties um, around the world or to other properties even within their brand. So um, definitely the the service excellence standards set the bar for what the property what the property wants to deliver as far as a service. That's a really great point on that competitive edge. And I'd like to just stick there for a moment because the industry is incredibly competitive. Even in the smallest of locations, brands are fighting it out for every single traveler. There's only so many rooms available uh, in a certain location and, and brands really have to fight for that. So when it comes to having that higher service standard, can can that be the defining factor when a lot of the certain variables of properties are going to be the same? They're all kind of fighting over the same piece of pie. Can the service standard really be the difference for that property? I would say yes, the, definitely. The, the service, if, if we don't think about a service as a differentiator, then a hotel room could be just a hotel room. A bar could be just any bar. Right. So I think that the service component is a is a differentiator for, for the hotel, the level that they provide and where do they stand compared to to the rest of the industry. So um, if the property makes that uh, makes it a point to deliver the service in a way that it's going to be memorable and it's going to be distinctive, then, of course, they will be able to set themselves in a very different level from the rest of other properties. That's a really nice way to think of it. Yeah, there has to be that sort of differentiator. And, and when everything is the same, yeah, a bar is just a bar. A hotel room is just a hotel room. A really, really nice point. So knowing this and knowing the importance of these standards, uh, perhaps with your experience, um, can you share with us what properties currently have at their disposal that they use to improve this element of the operation is, I mean, you're involved in the training aspect uh, with your own business and going around and helping to properties to, to achieve their highest levels. But what do they currently have at their own disposal to do that uh, outside of just the training? Well, there are many, um, there are many companies um, there, as I said, that they, they provide service. Um, I, as, as, as we were talking a little bit about before, right. I had the pleasure of getting to learn and to know so much from the companies that I have worked with. I have my own consulting company. There are a lot of great consultants out there. Uh, you have leading hotels of the world. Um, you have Forbes Travel Guide. You have AAA, which those are probably some of the most common names that we that we hear, uh, probably mostly in the in the U.S. I know interesting for Europe because I know that that you're in Europe, and I know that some of your audience will be in Europe as well. And I learned recently that. Europe has actually their own set of standards. Of course, Michelin star rating, of course, it's something that, that it's very well established in, in Europe. Um, but I think, you know, I think that the properties have the, the, the opportunity to look what works for them and what is exactly that they want to achieve. 
if it is a property that that has exceptional restaurants and that truly wants to highlight the restaurants, then then they they could definitely focus more on restaurant standards, uh, which again, um, some of the companies that I mentioned have that AAA. Um, they they focus a little bit more on the structure, um, but I think I think that it is up to the property to decide what it, what is it that I want, what do I want to be recognized for. That would be probably the first question, and then and then decide what, which company works better for them. But these companies that I that I mentioned are are exceptional for providing training and for providing a again a very critical set of standards that the the hotel can make it a point to make sure that they learn how to deliver and then deliver those standards at their property. Okay. So really finding that unique edge that they want to, and I guess that's reflective of anyone looking to improve. It's that reflection phase first, where do I want to expand into um, and then pursuing the necessary training or tools or, or what have you to, to move into that space. Yes, and it's very interesting because sometimes, uh, you know, when I when I deliver the training and and I I always like to remind people that it's not about it's not necessarily about the recognition. It's not about the ultimate goal. It's about being able to deliver exceptional service for the guests. So to move away from from the outcome and not be obsessed with the outcome but instead be obsessed with each guest interaction and be obsessed with making that particular guest feel special, anticipate their needs, be genuine with them. So they of course are able to, to, to come back and then they start to recognize your brand and become loyal to your brand. So I like to always say, you know, don't be obsessed with, with the outcome, be obsessed with providing exceptional service for each guest. Really the core. Is, is what you're saying. Don't get distracted by the externals. Really focus on that core messaging of what you're trying to achieve. Right. Because, you know, some properties get too caught up with, um, you know, I want to achieve a certain number of stars or I want to achieve a certain number of diamonds or I want to belong to this particular network. And sometimes that could be very frustrating for the property because if they don't achieve that right away, then they start to almost concentrate on the on the negative aspect of it. And then we forget the main reason why. The main reason why is build a service culture in your property that is delivered each and every day consistently. That is going to take you to the outcome. That's going to take you to the um, number of stars, to the number of diamonds, to uh, belonging to a preferred network. That will take you there. If you obsess with the outcome, then... And I think that's probably for for a lot of things in life, right? But if you obsess with the outcome, then you lose track of of your daily actions. And what are those daily actions? Are are building a culture, are building a service excellence culture for your property so your guests know exactly what to expect. And the differentiator that you deliver, um, that is, of course, something that is unique to your property and to your brand. Really, really great point. So I guess understanding what those current capacities are within properties, I guess what we want to look at is how do properties elevate that level to an area to, to, I guess, uh, a capacity that has not yet been reached. So how do they get above that line? And we see it with a lot of industries um, that we work with in particular around the world. And I don't think it matters the sector or the industry, but there comes a time when the efficiency hits its limit with the capacity. So in hospitality, you know, we both know hospitality workers 
are incredibly devoted. People who work in the industry love the industry and put in <laughs> insane hours into working and, and late shifts and early mornings and repetitive uh, tasks and everything. It's You have to love it to do it. So I think it's fair to say that where service standards are now have kind of hit a capacity in a sense of using the tools they have and the processes that are in place. Uh, so we see that across every other industry. It can only grow to a certain point until you bring in new innovations, new processes, new technology that, that allows that current capacity to grow uh, with the workforce you have. So when we relate that to hospitality, do you feel that that sort of fits the same talking point, like where service standards are now can only be increased once processes are evolved and, and perhaps new innovations are brought in? This is a this is a very interesting question, Mark, especially, I think, for what the hospitality industry is going through right now as being one of the hardest hit uh, for with the pandemic. So it's very interesting because the staffing levels um, as of today for most of the properties are not where they could be. Right. Of course, because it's so it's a steal, although we see the light at the end of the tunnel and we see so many properties thankfully, you know, opening up again, this, their staffing levels may, be, um, may still not be where they need to be because the, the occupancy is still a little bit uncertain, right? Or there's a lot of, uh, of the unknowns uh, at any given time, this could also change. Although again, we, we, we um, start to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think if we, if we think in terms of, of staffing, for instance, for the hospitality industry, they, they have done a great job, um, a lot of the properties, at managing their schedules and making sure that they change the way, of course, they were doing things with scheduling. And even cross-training, I, I, I was recently at one of the hotels and I had the person that was my bellman um, a few hours later, he was a pool attendant. And so I think I think the properties are definitely doing this cross-training, which is not an uncommon practice in hospitality. And I actually see that as a great development tool because then you train people in many areas. Now, the key, I think, and from, and from, from a training perspective is, are, are we training them the right way? Are they receiving the training that they need? Are we setting them up for success to actually be able to play different roles? Because with, with staffing levels so, so variant and so different right now, then if we, set, if we send an, an associate to be a bellman and then we send them to be a pool attendant, we need to ensure you know, as leaders in the property the responsibility to set them up for success with training and just to say, here you go, which happens a lot as well in hospitality, because as you said, hospitality is never stopped, right? We're moving, 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 moving one next to the other. Um, of course, we both had the opportunity to work in the hotels before, so it's nonstop. And I, I, I always like to say, you know, in hospitality, there is never, there's never extra time. There's never enough time. You're from one thing to the next one. So I think making sure that, that how do we, how, how is the technology supporting the training aspect? How is the technology going to support the, the, the training and even the hiring process? Right now, hiring is so difficult for the, uh, for the hotels because some properties are able to get back the employees that they had, but some of them, they, they are not necessarily able to get back the people that they had already trained. So even for, from a hiring perspective, I think that 
um, that technology could play a big, big piece of it and say, how do we support the properties to be able to have, you know, a better hiring system, something that keeps a little bit of more track of, of the processes uh, for onboarding as well and, and, and for training. That's a really great point. So what about the the touch points? Now, you've been in the industry a long time and, and just in the past number of years of training properties. Where do you see the specific uh, and perhaps most common pain points that properties are dealing with, I guess, currently? Like you said, staff numbers are low, so perhaps the work that they have is through the roof. Um, where do you see the most common pain points or, or potentially opportunities? I guess maybe even starting right at the first touch point with the guest. That's a, a crucial role for customer service, that very first touch point upon check-in. Um, so just love to get your, your thoughts on that and perhaps other common pain points that you see. Uh, so let me divide your question in into a little bit. So I think some of the most common pain points is committing to the training. Mm-hmm. Commit to the fact that the training is not only going to happen when you onboard someone, right? That's normally, or that's unfortunately a lot of the cases that you receive the training about the brand, you receive the training about your job, about the property during onboarding. And then there could be many months before the next training. So I think that one of the main um, you know, pain points is to com- for the property to commit to a training plan decide what the training is going to be and make sure that it is delivered consistently. Training is something that should happen almost kind of like on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about having training sessions every single day for one hour or so, but even using your your stand-ups to deliver a training message and just to keep the message fresh. So I think committing to the training is is, is a pain point, something that's difficult. Mm the other thing is, um, and, and it's difficult because, you know, sometimes, of course, there's time constraint, space constraint, location constraint. Right now, right now, some properties say, well, I want to, I want to do training, but I still don't have all of my staff. So if I make an investment on training them, because I'm still paying my, my staffs to be part of the training, I want to make sure that I capture, of course, as many as possible. So um, that's a little bit of a challenge right now. And I think the next pain point that we may probably see um, is to understand which of those standards or uh, or operating procedures will remain post-pandemic. Because right now, the, the associates and staff are receiving a training based on the current situation. So it's going to get to a point where some of those standards or some of those practices will no longer be relevant or needed. So how do we make sure that everybody's on the same page? Consistency is already a challenge for for, for some hotels, right? Especially when you think about 2,000 associates, 3,000 associates, to make sure that everybody's on the same page is something that's difficult. And and how that impacts the guest experience, right? Because if a property is not consistent in delivering a service, and I always think about the example of turndown service, for instance, right? So a guest arrives to the room and the first night they receive the turndown service, um, you know, they put the, the, the housekeeper places the amenities on the nightstand and they open your bed and the pillows are flat. 
And then your slippers are right next by the bed. So you arrive and you say, this is a beautiful turn down service. I'm excited. I'm ready. The bed is prepared for me to go to sleep. The room itself is prepared for me to rest. And But the next day, that same guest arrives to that same room. And then they notice, wait a second. The amenities are not in the same place where they were last night. Mm-hmm. My slippers are missing. Yes, probably the bed is prepared. So then we start to see inconsistencies in service, right? And the guest then starts to think and starts to wonder, why is this happening? How come yesterday I got a perfect turn down service and today is not as perfect as yesterday? And from that moment on, you take the guest away from the experience and you take away the guest from, from their vacation because then the guest, again, starts to think what went wrong or why, why did this happen, which is not... Um, that's not what the guest is there for, right? The guest is not there to wonder what happened. The guest is just there to experience and receive a seamless experience, a perfect service, um, a luxury service, convenient comfort without having to think of anything, right? Which of course, then we start to talk about anticipation and and all that. So I think uh, the consistency is going to be interesting post pandemic because which standards will remain, which ones will not remain. And I had an example um, in one of the properties recently where I was, I ordered in-room dining and the first night, the and I love my in-room dining. I love it. It's just an experience that I enjoy uh, so much. And because it's so convenient, it's so comfortable, it's so luxurious itself. So the gentleman arrived and asked me um, if I would allow him to come into the room to deliver the meal. So I said, yes, of course. He was, of course, wearing his face mask and everything. He sat the table, you know, he uh, removed all of the plate covers. He did everything perfectly. And then he left. The next day I call for in-room dining again. And right off the bat, the lady on the phone says, we are not allowed to deliver your room, uh, your, your meal into your room. So uh, just be aware, due to current situation, we're not allowed to do that. Just be aware that your mail is going to be uh, delivered to you in, uh, at the door. So again, the inconsistencies. I thought, this is, this is interesting. And I was actually training. I had the pleasure to be training that property. And I asked them and I said, so what happened? Because one night I had this and then the next night I had this. So what, what are we following right now? What protocols are we following? So during the conversation, it turned out that at the beginning of the pandemic, they were doing it a certain way because of their internal regulations, their internal standards and so on. But then just a few months later, they had moved away from that practice, but somebody didn't get the message and was still doing it the way that they were doing it at the beginning of the pandemic. So I think we we may start to see this as part of a consistency issue, but uh, but it's going to be interesting which protocols and which um, health and safety standards remain and which ones will go away and how the properties manage the, the transition of those. Mm-hmm. So with all these kind of extra processes now, like you say, there's there's rules changing dependent on how the lockdown's going and how the pandemic's progressing in that specific area. People miss messages like you just mentioned. So with all this extra protocol in place, an extra process, could removing some of those menial tasks perhaps open the opportunity for this stuff to be put more on a priority and not missed as much? Do you feel like there's an opportunity for 
properties to to take on solutions that would perhaps remove all of that menial task? Well, and I think that um, the second part of your question, which was the, you know, the main pain point of check-in, mm. I think that we already see a lot of changes with, with check-in. And I know that AnyLine has done a, a great job contributing to some of, uh, to some of the, 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 uh, the partners that you work with and saying, let me, let me provide you with solutions that will help your staff deliver the service while still adhering to your internal protocols and to your uh, to your regulations and your specific set of standards for, for health and safety. So I think the, the technology will continue to be a, a key aspect. And we were already seeing prior to, to the pandemic some influence in technology and hospitality, as well as many other industries. But um, but I think you know the touchless check-in for sure, it's it's a great tool to have. And uh, even, you know, ordering in room dining through the tablet or through any automation system, it's it's great to have because then it, if if the associate knows how to deliver the rest and if it's functional and if it is user friendly, then I think you could avoid some of the miscommunications internally. So everybody will be doing things um, almost almost the same. So the technology could very much help you be consistent Mm -hmm. with certain parts of the steps of service. Again, if the staff knows how to use the technology and if the technology is user-friendly as well. I really like that point. Sorry, but I did, but sorry, I did uh, one more, one more thing about your, the second part of the question and, and, and the checking being the, Mm -hmm. the main, um, you know, the first impression. And I would, I will take that even back a little bit and, and talk about the, the, the check-in, I, I don't like to think about a specific area of the hotel or a specific touch point of the hotel as being the most important one. Okay. I think that all of the touch points are equally important because they are the, they are going to provide you with the overall guest experience. The first point of contact could be, in fact, the reservation mm-hmm. and could be, in fact, your whether that's an online reservation or a phone call that you make. Right. So that's your first um, point. So if if you go into the Web page and the Web page doesn't give you accurate information or the Web page doesn't give you an option to take a look at the different types of rooms or what are the changes? What could I expect when I get there? If the Web page doesn't do that, then it defeats the purpose. Right. And it is technology. So it's how well that Web page is built. What information is there? Who in the property is in charge of actually reviewing the information? Because I have another example as well. I arrived to the location, I arrived to the hotel, and the fitness center was open. But on the webpage, it said it was closed. So I didn't take out my workout gear because I thought, okay, I understand it's closed. So as a guest, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Then I arrive at the property, and then I see that the fitness center is open. So if I would have been a regular guest, of course, then there's disappointment because then you start to say, wait a second, I just checked your webpage yesterday. This was important to me as a guest and it said it was closed and I arrive and it is open. So then you start to get into the guest recovery and what the property can do for you. So I think it has to, we have to think about the the, the entire experience Mm -hmm. from the moment the guest makes the reservation all the way through departure. All of those touch points are important and how the technology impacts each one of those uh, touch points. 
Yeah, I really like that technology impacting the entire process rather than rather than adding to it. It's intertwined to create a better guest experience from, yeah, like you said, that first touch point, which could literally be the website, like you just mentioned, all the way to <laughs> checkout. So, yeah, really, really good examples. A, a great point to finish on. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I, so many great points that I think hotels can take forward from the consistency issue, I think, being the core of all of this um, and then using various tools to make sure that consistency is is at its highest. So really great, Erica. It's been absolutely fantastic catching up with you and discussing the hospitality industry once again. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. really appreciate the time. No, thank you. I wish we had more time. So thank you again. And thank you to uh, to any line anytime. And uh, hopefully I'll get to visit you soon in Europe. Uh, We see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So of course, everybody's excited to travel. I am happy to see you well and healthy, and I wish the same for your audience. A big thank you to Erica for joining us all the way from Mexico City today and for giving us some great examples on why customer service needs to be a major priority as we head into post-pandemic travel. I really like her point on using technology to elevate the capacity for service, something I think many industry professionals can relate to. That will do it for this episode of Any Line Anytime. If you do have any questions or wish to get in touch with Erica, please see the LinkedIn description of this video. Or, of course, you can head directly to her website, ericasolano.com. So, wishing you all a very great day wherever in the world you may be. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll see you on the next episode.